podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Some of the topics are addiction, fear, faith, self-compassion, relationships, codependency, emotional intelligence, and more. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Imagine that your life is your greatest creation and you author every scene moment by moment. Consciousness is choosing to know and act from this space. We are all miraculous creators and being conscious of how we create and what we create is an art. Be the conscious artist in your own life. Learn the art of creating yourself moment by moment. Then see how the world miraculously changes around you. The world changes when you change. And it all starts with you being you. My guest is Barbara Gilman, and this is one of her messages. Barbara is a therapist, coach, speaker, and an author. Known as the quick change artist, Barbara helps people quickly change their energy so they can change their lives. Barbara Gilman is the author of Whatever the F-U-C-K It Takes and the author of The Unofficial Guide for Living Successfully on Planet Earth. Barbara has over 30 years' experience as a therapist and coach. She is the founder of The Quick Change Artist and Wild Women Choosing. She is also a contributing author to An Indigo Celebration and The Indigo Children 10 Years Later. To read Barbara's full biography, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Here is the interview with Barbara Gilman. In your own words, who is Barbara Gilman? I would say that I'm a combination of a five-year-old, <laughs> a Jewish princess, a being who my greatest love is just understanding and knowing more of me and the universe and how it works and how I could be a contribution at this time on the planet to assist people who are looking for the same thing that I am. So this planet has a chance to survive. 
That is interesting. Um, so before we talk about shift of energy, life change, uh, consciousness or conscious choices, I'll be asking you now a few general questions, um, warm-up questions, I call them, as I explained before. The first question is, what is another word for life? Another word for life? Hmm, I've never been asked that question. Well, the first thing that popped into my mind was play. <laughs> that sounds good to me. <laughs> yes, I know. Well, I think basically we are. We're here to play, you know. I think most people believe that we're here to do. And uh, as I say, I, I don't think it's offensive, but you know what do-do is. <laughs> so the point is that when we play, we're closer to being who we truly are. And you can't go wrong. You're just out there and uh, receiving the energy from the universe and playing with it and magic happens. Uh, we'll get more into it later on. I'll be asking more specific questions about um, life and, and this playfulness, what to be playful means. My next question is, what motivates you to be a good person and to do good in the world? Well, you know, it's interesting. I just had a client, we were talking about something like this. I don't, I somehow the word motivate doesn't resonate with me. It's for me, it's just who I be. I mean, it's just who I am. And that's just how I function. I had an amazing mother, an amazing Jewish mother who was just pure love. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at her, her photograph right now. And everyone who sees the photograph just looks at her and says, oh, my God, you could see the love. And so um, because of her, I think I am a part of, of me is from her, the love that she had. And I have that. And that's who I, that's what I be. And I love being the contribution to people to be there to just sort of assist them in them allowing themselves to be who they really are. That's the greatest possibility that we have. Mm, you just mentioned um, love. What is love to you? How do you define love? For me, um, it's a feeling like when you ask me the question, my whole chest just became warm and expansive. It's like being held, you know, in these very warm arms or maybe not even arms, maybe just this incredibly warm energy, like a blanket of energy, and you feel warm and you feel safe. It just feels good. That's all that I know. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's more a uh, feeling than a thought. Yes, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I, and not only, well, it could be a thought, but I'd rather participate when it is a feeling. <laughs> the body to participate, right? And it's, and it, it's a being. You know, as I, you know, we say, I'm, we are human beings. We're always in that continual beingness. And when you have that on your side, when you can, when you don't have to have all of the pains and all of the lies that we take in this lifetime, if we don't let them bog us down or get in the way, you know, then what are we? I choose to know that we're beings of love or we have that possibility. Um, I guess self-love. When you feel love, do you connect that with self-love or this is a feeling that somehow arises from out there? Well, I, my personal thought about that or feeling about that is that the more that you allow yourself, you know, 
I talk about the lie of this reality. That's what I'm always talking about because it is a major lie. It's the Truman Show, um, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners um, probably have seen. And so it's because of that lie that was perpetrated on us. uh, We sort of lost sight of who we really are. Who we really are are just molecules of consciousness. We might as well say molecules of love. And so we come in, you know, as I say, a little love bunny. And yes, we bring in stuff from past lives, I know. And then, of course, what occurs while we're here, what kind of parents we have, what kind of life. I mean, it all has something to do. And unfortunately, for most people, it just whittles away that love, that love that we can have for ourselves, because as soon as we come in, we're made wrong. And it's not on purpose. Um, It's just that, you know, most parents really don't understand parenting, especially now in this. I have a daughter and years and years and years ago when I had her, I took parenting classes and I did all that. But they never talked about, you know, coming from a place of energy and consciousness and all of that. So very few people really know how to parent. So then you have all of these children who are perpetrated with the lie of who they're not. You know, they're wrong, they're too this, they're too that, da 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 And so by the time a child becomes like eight years old in this world right now, they're gone. And they've created some sort of character or story in order for them to, quote, survive here. I don't even know how we got here, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, good. I like that. That's the flow. Um, so I guess I will be asking you more questions about that, <clears throat> the lie that we think we are and the connection between that lie and beliefs. My next question is about God. It's the idea of God somehow connected to this lie that you talk about. Okay, you know, it's interesting. I a very dear friend of mine who is an amazing healer in the world. So he was just here and we were having a conversation and, you know, clearly he always uses the word God. I use the word universe or energy or whatever. I, I, to me, I don't know. I, I don't want this to sound, I don't even know if I should say it. <laughs> it <laughs> to me, the word God almost seems too small. That's just for me. I don't know, maybe because there's so many stories and so many religions and so many different gods. And you know what I'm saying? So for me, it's just molecules of incredible, I don't know, beyond intelligence, total knowing, whatever, whatever that energy is. But it's one. It's not like there's, you know, a hundred, like, I don't know, every religion has whatever they, their perception of God is. That's why I'm saying for me, it, it gets too fragmented. I just use universe or energy or molecules of consciousness. It's one incredible, amazing whatever. And um, it's, you know, it's like saying, when I say we were perpetrated with a lie, and then if someone says, well, what's the truth? I would love to know the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay, in this lifetime, I don't think any one of us is going to get the whole thing. Um, But my God, it is amazing. And, and, um, And I know that it's pure love. What do you think the purpose and meaning of life is, Barbara? We're saying purpose or like, what is our purpose? I would say to get rid of the lie. First, to find out that, you're, you know, you're living in the Truman Show. It's all a lie, just about 90 something percent. <laughs> and, and I've sort of been behind the curtain, so I have a better view than most people. 
um, but not going to go there. To let that drop, to let go of the lie of you, and then just, you know, do whatever it takes. May I mention the name of my book for a moment? Is that okay? Yes, sure. Absolutely. So the name of my newest book is Whatever the Fuck It Takes. And by the way, the, the fuck is an act acronym, which actually was fornication under consent of the king back in England a hundred million years ago. In order to have a child, you had to have a slip, a permission slip, believe it or not. I know it sounds crazy and put on the door. And that was F, you know, a, a acronym F-U-C-K, fornication under consent of the king. And when I was looking for the title of my newest book, somehow that came to me and I was thinking, my God, Creating a child is probably one of the most incredible creations. And so um, i that's where I got the name from. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and that incredible energy, you know, that's just a part of the universe. And now I'm just absolutely lost to whatever we were speaking about. Why did you write this book? It was just my story of what, you know, the people who would be listening to your, you know, to this show are people who usually um, change, you know, they change more frequently in life or are willing to change. And when I say change, I mean, to become more of who they truly be, you know, again, getting rid of all the things that were not the lie, and taking back the potency and power and magic that we truly are. And so in doing that, can you ask me the question again? <laughs> yeah. Why did you write? Um your book. Oh, right, right, right. And so um, sort of was, I had a relationship about five years ago, still dear friends. Um, actually, I've had five relationships and I'm best friends with all but one. And so that's, and as I say, that's consciousness. Uh, this was just the story of the changes that occurred in my life and uh, through the body of work that I facilitate. And and that story is really, in order to, to live out that story, one has to exactly do and be whatever the fuck it takes to get there. And it's not an easy thing. And most people don't go on that adventure because there's a lot of change. And there's a lot of looking at things that most people would consider as like bad. You know, why did this happen? This is bad. This is wrong. This is whatever. And one of the biggest things about consciousness and, and the way that, you know, I facilitate and what the book is about is that if we weren't, if we haven't been sort of brainwashed the way we are here, and we weren't looking for results in life, we were just looking for the gifts of everything in every moment, which would mean, what if there was no wrong? So what if, you know, whatever, having cancer, getting a divorce, um, having someone die that you love, um, whatever it is, what if it, there was no, it, there was nothing that was wrong? What if everything was simply a gift? And in each gift, if we look, we find it. And that gift gives us a little bit more of the power and potency and magic that we truly be. And for me, that's what life really is. Mm. A gift. Yes, everything. In every way, right. Everything is a gift. If you look at it that way. But if you jump into the fear and the wrongness of it, then, of course, you won't get to see it because you'll be drowning in the lie that you just bought. That is um, a very interesting perspective, seeing everything as a gift, including the bad things. Everything's perfect as it is. 
Exactly. Like usually, you know, in the work that I facilitate, not only myself, but so many of the other people who do who do that, if we're ever being interviewed, and of course now I have so many interviews because of my newest book, and, you know, basically, but what we say is like, you know, even when we're creating class, na- the names for the classes, pick any name. It doesn't make a difference, okay? Because the bottom line is, we're going to be speaking to the energy of the people in the class and that's going to change. So it's like, what's the difference? What the label is, you know, like you're saying that there's good and there's bad. Well, I don't see it as good and bad. I see it as the gift. And if you look into, it's like saying you find a bag in the garbage on the side of the garbage where they keep the garbage. What happens if you looked in it and there was whatever you you know, whatever would be, wonderful for you, whether it's a bag of money, a bag of diamonds, or a bag of candy. It doesn't make a difference. It's just, it's always going to be there because the universe is not going to, you know, the it, it, there's going to be a gift in everything. And that's, and that's really why we're here. What is the gift? You know, one of the one of the questions in the body of work I facilitate, which by the way is called Access Consciousness, and it's taught in 179 countries. It's literally the leading edge of consciousness on the planet right now. And I've done about every, I've taken just about every training there ever has been, starting with the psychology and then going on. But the thing is, when you can be in life and having that belief system, point of view, whatever you want to call it, life becomes a different journey. Mm, yeah, it's um, it takes being open, from what I see, just as open-hearted and open-minded as we can, if possible. And if it's not, it's okay too. I like, I love the idea of accepting. Oh no! Listen, we have many lifetimes. We'll come back around <laughs> until we get there. Um. Well, that's another topic. I'll be asking you that question in, in a few minutes about the reincarnation, life continuation, or mind continuation. Um. For now, what is the difference, Barbara, between consciousness and awareness? I, I guess in one way they sort of go together, but the way when you know when I talk about consciousness, and again, most people really have no clue what consciousness is, and the way that I look at it, and, and also this is just again through the body of work I facilitate because we're sort of like all in it together and and going on this certain path which is consciousness, but it's being in a place with no judgment, living in total allowance, and never having judgment. Um, other than in the nanosecond that something occurs, you might have a point of view about it, but you're not going to be judging it. It's not going to be a, a good or a bad because you know that you have the tools, the energy, the awareness, whatever you want to call it, to, as I said, change that. If it looks like, oh my God, this is horrible. Well, is that true? What else is possible here? How could this turn out? better than I can imagine. You see, the the universe has been run on algorithms, not going to go there, blah, blah, blah. But um, a question is an algorithm interrupt. So whatever is going on in one's life, all you have to do is ask a question, just as I just said, something happens, it doesn't look, it doesn't seem right compared to, you know, whatever. And so you would simply ask, what's right about this I'm not getting? Because in that moment, you don't get it because it looks like, oh, this is so bad. This is so wrong. And then when you do that, the universe simply will send to you, (laughs) okay, um, the energy that matches that limitation that you're in in the moment. 
So it could be as simple as I just had a client uh, who left a little while ago and she was telling me this is she this was the second time that she came and she said, oh, I used the question and um, something occurred and I thought it was horrible. And I said, what's right about this? She said she felt really wrong. She did something and all of a sudden she went into the wrongness of her and what's wrong with me and whatever. And so she said she asked the question to the universe and then a friend called to tell her that last week when they were having a chat, whatever she said changed her friend's day. And it, she felt so wonderful and the friend was thanking her for that. And there, there it was. She's thinking how bad and wrong she is. And all of a sudden she gets a call telling her how wonderful and thank you for the contribution you were in my life because you, you helped me to, to, to look at life in a different way. So asking questions is just magical. Um, rather than accepting the answers, right, given by other people or society, you're looking for answers out there. Rather than going into conclusion and decision about something that's not even real, that's not even true. And that's what we do here. We jump into conclusions and decisions, and then we're stuck with them where you could just ask a question, what's right about this I'm not getting? How can this turn out better than I can imagine? What else is possible? Simple questions that children ask. And I mean, I have eight-year-old children that'll come to my classes and or work with them and they get it before their parents get it. I mean, it's, it, it's so simple. It's just so simple. And that's what reality really is. Mm. Wow. I, I love that. And I, and I believe in this, I call it a method. This is a great method for accessing uh, what we call, what I call peace, inner peace. Absolutely. Uh, Best one I ever found. Right. Um, I think uh, the challenge, what came to mind now, the situation would be like a mother who, who has lost her child. What would you say to her? You're probably giving me the maybe the most difficult question that I've ever had. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a difficult one, I know. Yeah. Um, well, okay, so the, the realest part of it is, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, from the time I was a child, as I think I might have said, I've been doing what I do. And it's just total knowing and uh, awareness. And we all have it. It's, it's just some, I guess, maybe are a little bit more connected. Whatever I would even answer, you know, whatever answer I would give you now might not even be what I would in that moment because I get the energy from the person. So it's like I'm getting that energy and somehow I just know what to say. But basically, you know, again, um, I don't believe that there is, you know, um, the concept of death. It, it, it's just it's just change. You know, I don't know if you know that story about the, the mother um, who created that um, drunk driver. What is that? Mad mothers against drunk drivers. Mad, I think it is. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Many, many years ago. And it was because her son was, you know, killed by a drunk driver. And if you, you know, you, if you look at that, you know, to me, it's like, OK, so here this, you know, this being comes into a body. But it, and it's coming to create something that's going to, you know, hopefully help a lot of people in the world. And in order to do that, he had to come in and then he had to leave, you know, after maybe 12 years or whatever. Now, of course, for him, it's not going to be as painful as it would be for the mother, because this is what he's coming in for. He did his job. It's done and he's out. 
And of course, the mother has to live with that. And I guess everybody has different points of view about death, what death is, what happens, blah, 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 blah. I would be speaking to energy and the energy of one person would be different than the other. And I would have whatever it would be in that moment. But basically it would be something like, and you know, sometimes I could be very, whatever, I don't know what the word is, bold or whatever, because you know, this is who I am and whoever comes to me is going to sort of match that. But it's like, hello, you know, I'm not saying this is what I would say to her, but what I'm saying just in general is like, hello, there is no death. You know, it's like we're all actors and actresses. We're playing our parts. We come and we go. And Meryl Streep, you know, gets, has a part and she's killed. And I don't think she ever was, but if she was killed and she's on the floor and the um, red paint uh, looking like blood is coming out, when the director says cut, you know, she's going back to her amazing life. She's not dead on the floor. And so whatever I would say would be, you know, something like that. And then ask the person to look for the gift. What was the gift that you had with this being? Right, okay. Right. I like that. It'll come. It, it would just come. <laughs> yeah, I like that, Barbara. Um, I'm just wondering if if you would say something that it's not based on um, anything that's supernatural or um, mystical that requires beliefs and requires faith. I mean, you know, you could you could tell you could tell people all you want. I mean, here I am speaking as whoever I am now. You know, I have a daughter. I mean, I don't even want to say the words, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> if something happened to my daughter, I, I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to go, you know, go to the movies the next day or go to a party and whatever. You know, I'm not saying that life and death is is clearly is part of, of what we're being and doing here. And of course, if you have the belief system that there really is no death, but even with that, it's not as if, to, you know, it's like to say, well, nothing really bad happened to your child because it didn't. What did occur is that you now have the loss of something that you loved. You're not going to be able to look into their eyes and play with them and smile with them. And, you know, yes, that's very real. And everyone is going to go through it how they're going to go through it. And that's okay. There's no right way or wrong way. If I had a client, though, I mean, or if someone is out there and, and is listening, you know, would hope that they could get through it, see the joy and the blessing of having that child, knowing that that child is totally fine. I mean, that's not even an issue. Um, they're the one that's really in the most pain and, and just be gentle and, and hold on to the wonderful parts of it. And, and, you know, what else can you be and do to fill, um, as much of that void that's there right now? I mean, there's certain things that, you know, you couldn't change for a person no matter what. <laughs> True. I like that. I like what he said about the gift of having that person in your life. Uh, the way I see it, it's the miracle of having the experience of love or connection. That's a miracle. It's a miracle to be alive in the first place, but then absolutely even more to be able to love. Um, yeah. So my next question is about declaring statements. What are they and how do you use them to help others? Well, in the body of work I facilitate, which is called Access Consciousness, it's all about energy. And so um, a, the clearing statement is a group of words that sounds like 
gibbly glibbly gush or whatever that is. It sounds like nonsense. Actually, what it is is right, wrong, good, bad, pod, pop, all nine, shorts, boys, or beyond. So you see, it sounds like nonsense. It has, you know, it definitely, I could explain everything, which would take X amount of time, but it doesn't need to be, but I'll explain how it works. So as I said, when you ask a question, the energy that is holding the limitation of the person in place allows the awareness to, okay, so let's, let me just give an example. It'll be easier. So if something occurs in one's life, do you have anything that you would want to change? Change. Your weight, your food, your whatever. No, not change, but accept. Yeah. So I, I just had a client who just left. So one of the things that she was working on is she felt that she was too heavy. And um, so basically she has a belief, a point of view and holding a lot of energy on the fact that she thinks that she's fat. Mm. Okay. A lot of women yeah. will get, you know, get that. Right. Right. So basically I will be, I'm, I asked her a number of questions about, well, other things also, but so the first thing, well, I'm not even going to go there because that's going to start a whole other con- conversation. <laughs> the first thing is whose weight is that, that you're carrying? Uh, but that's, that'll be too long. Everywhere that you believe that you're fat. Okay. Because that's really all that it is. I mean, bodies come in all different sizes. Right. Clearly they've been having all different sizes from the beginning of time. So when you think about it, how ridiculous is it that Madison, not Madison, fashion, whatever, the fashion industry decided that, well, I'll tell you, I, I also am an architectural or was an architectural interior designer many years ago. I went to Parsons School of Design. And so it's very funny. There were lots of gay people. And uh, so a lot of my friends, used, I, we, the question once came up is like, well, why are the girls so skinny that go down the runway? They're like twigs. And my very dear friend who came from Italy said, because don't you get it? Most of the designers are gay and they want to look at a bar mitzvah boy walking down the aisle. So that was one thing. And the other one said, um, well, they have to wear the clothes and the more fabric they use, the more it's going to cost for them to make the clothes that they're wearing down the runway. So they want the smallest size. (laughs) So I guess if you put the two together, it it, it does make sense. But my, my point of view is if we lived in a sane world, in a conscious world, there would be no such thing about looking at anybody's size because I know guys who love women who you would call incredibly fat. And believe me, there is someone who loves every kind of body imaginable. Therefore, everybody, not everybody, but every body is just as beautiful and gorgeous to some pair of eyes. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Now, I always say, you know, what would it be if you were in a relationship with a person who was blind? Would it matter? Do they care what the person looks like? That's actually more real than anything else. So again, that's judgment. We live in total judgment. What would occur if we lived in total allowance where everything was a point of view, which it is. You have the point of view that you don't like fat people or you don't want to go out with a fat guy or a girl or whoever. Everyone has their own point of view, but there's none that are right and there's none that are wrong. They're just different, right? It's just different. So true. You know, and then, of course, you could always go to the person out who's out there. I could feel them right now saying, but what about killing? <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, okay. Right. But it's the same thing. 
if you were in the army and there was, quote, an enemy, would you kill the person? Yes, you would. So everything boils down to the same thing. It's just everything occurs in nanoseconds and, it, and, and it's going to occur based on the person's point of view. And hopefully they're conscious. That's all I could say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It makes it makes a lot of sense to me. And then when you said, um, yeah, that for somebody, someone out there, you just you might be perfect. I like to think that that person is yourself. Well, let me just I oh that's just what I was going to say. I was going to say, let me stop you. Yes, but the only the only person who has to think that you're perfect is you. Right, right. That's right. Because yeah, it, it, everything starts here, right, with us. It's not out there. Exactly. Let's talk about resistance, magic, and infinite possibilities. I actually want to know how do you connect um, these elements to the word to the F word. I don't totally put the combination together <laughs> uh, but so if we're talking about doing and being whatever the fuck it takes to be you then it's going to be exactly that whatever it takes and so every person is like a different recipe mm, so right. for some people and, and I don't even know if I'm I'm giving you because I, I don't totally get the whole thing but everyone is going to show up it's like saying if you gave um oh i remember the people that used to be a thing that people would say i don't know if you if you give someone it was a certain f food well maybe it's a it's pizza pizza is one of my favorite food groups okay so if you if you give 10 people sitting around a table a piece a slice of pizza to eat let's say that you know x amount of them are going to eat it this way they're going to fold it and eat it like this x amount are going to eat a fork and a knife i don't know what state they come from but not new york <laughs> 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 some people kids will take the cheese off or they'll take the mushrooms off for, you see what i'm saying everyone is going to do everything in the way they're going to do it the and not and it means nothing the only thing that i would say that means anything if we're talking about if anything does mean anything is that is it going to work for them i mean ultimately if you just chose to ask the question what can i be or do here that would actually work for me everything would change because the lie that we were perpetrated with has created a planet where most of the time, most people are choosing against them because they bought the fact that they're wrong, which was the greatest lie available. Hmm. So if you believe that you're wrong and there's something wrong with you, you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're too, you don't have enough money, you have too much money, you're this, you're that, you're blah, 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 blah. It's all nonsense. Hmm. So I guess that, uh, makes me think about fear, a resistance, fear. Why are, are we so afraid of chaos? Well, it's very interesting that you mentioned those two words. So fear is not real. It's false evidence appearing real. And we live in the vibration of fear. But in reality, again, is it real? Is your Would your fear actually be a real thing when it's going on? Or are you picking that up from someone else? So as I said before, mostly everything we think and feel is not ours. We're picking up the energy from other people. And I'll just give everyone a little tool here. Whenever you're feeling or you're in the energy of anything that you really don't want, all you have to basically say, well, you could say what's right about this, I'm not getting, or you could say, Return to sender with consciousness. Now, 
this, you know, I know it sounds so simple. How could it work? Trust me, it's been in the morphic field for over 30 years and it's energy. The energy will literally leave you and go back to whoever it belongs to, whether it's the person sitting at the next table to you, a person who is, you know, in Paris somewhere, um, depending on how far your connection goes. You know, these young children, I know uh, a, a young boy who actually does this work, who telecommunicates from the United States with a little boy in Paris, and they don't use a phone. So again, everything is possible. And these younger, our younger generation is is energetically totally different. It's a different species from who we were. And that's the good news. But, um, and now I lost where I was, which you can see I, I do a lot. <laughs> Yeah, that's absolutely fine. We were talking about resistance, fear. Oh, right. Oh, the fear, false evidence appearing real. Yes. And I would just say to anybody, you know, who, who gets into that energy, because clearly there's a lot of, most people do get into that energy of fear, but I would just ask some questions. And the first one would be, who does this belong to? And as I said before, if you ask the question and it's really not yours, it'll go away in seconds. That's the first question. And, or, you know, what, what can I do or be with this to change it? And again, you'll just get the awareness of, of, or it'll just go away. Yeah. I like that a lot. You know, I have been using this um, method for a long time. Every time I feel that there's something, the body's reacting to something. Because it's interesting, because the body uh, holds a lot of emotions, trapped emotions. And that's interesting how it, it that's real. And a lot of times these energies are released and they are communicated to the mind as, as fear. It feels very much like something that... Uh... Yes. And the thing is, and again, you know, it's like, I'm trying to think of an analogy, because we are moving from, it's like saying we're moving from one planet to another. I mean, that's really what life on this planet is really like now. And so you have most of the people who, who live, um, they live outside of the awareness that we're basically talking about. Okay. If, if you mentioned energy, you know, I don't know what they'll think of energy is whatever. Um, if you're talking about magic and us being mad, I mean, it's a whole different, they, they just, I mean, not to make one right or better or whatever, but it's just a different language. I mean, if you spoke Russian to me, I'm not going to understand what you're saying. That doesn't mean I'm a dummy. It just means I never learned it. Um, so right now on the planet, we're sort of in between this change. So people who, again, you're coming, I was in, I started in the spiritual world when I was 12 or 13. I, as I said, I was doing what I do now. I had the awareness. So I started in the spiritual world and then I got to a place where I found the world of consciousness and energy. And for me, they're two different things. Um, not that they don't, um, sometimes have sex. so this um you know the world of energy and consciousness as i was just saying you know for me is a little different than the spiritual world and I, I, it doesn't make a difference this is just for me um and so we do have like this new language um because still you know a lot of people in the spiritual world haven't moved to that next possibility of the energy and the consciousness. But, you know, it, it's not right or wrong. It's just everyone is moving at however they're moving. But my point is, when you do take that on, life totally changes. And as more people are taking that or being that or, 
learning about it. This is how we're expanding the possibility of the planet so it could possibly survive. Because as I mentioned, right in this moment, it has 12 years. If we don't change the consciousness, there's not going to be a planet. The more conscious people we have on the planet, and and that's going to you know make a big difference. And then, of course, when you start working with energy, you know, I still have friends and not making this wrong. Please, you know, I don't go by like right or wrong, but um, I have friends who are still, you know, the psychologists, um, you know, that I began with and they still have clients and some of them will have a client who has been coming for 13 years every Tuesday at four o'clock and very little has changed. But that's not a wrongness because if that person actually wanted it to change, guess what? They would find me or they would find someone else who's working with energy and it could go in a day. So again, it's not right or wrong. It just depends what you want. Some people want to go from New York to California on a bicycle, some want a car, some want a boat, someone some I would want the fastest jet plane. Okay. <laughs> if it was if it wasn't a vacation where I'm stopping off at wonderful place. You know what I'm saying? Everyone has their choices. My choice happens to be, and it's not like I, you know, sat down and said, blah, blah, blah. it's just like when something comes, I get the energy of it, whether it's a person or in this case as a body of work. And uh, the first time I even heard the clearing statement, the right, wrong, good, bad, papa, my body was like, I couldn't believe I never felt my body like that. It was like the most amazing thing. And I had my best friend, former husband there. We were both sitting on in my country house on the porch and we looked at each other and we were both like, excuse me, what the hum is that? Okay. And it was like, and that's it. I just went and I did every class I could do to become a facilitator and then the next level. And, and it's like my greatest joy because I get to see people who can come to me or get on a telephone. I have clients all over the country and sometimes within minutes. And I, and, and I know it's very hard to believe, but it is, it's, it's real. Within minutes, the whole thing just changes. And simply because the energy was there, the tool, you know, the, what this, the, the, the constant, what I'm, what I, you know, what this work is about, the processing of it. And the person was ready and willing. And so all the energy just, it was gone. I mean, to me, that beside being so amazing and magical, I love it because I'm a person who likes change. But for the people who like to do it slower, it's not, it's not right or wrong. Let everyone do whatever they want to do. But I'm just happy that, you know, I found this body of work because for those people who want to get out of whatever they're in very quickly, here it is. <laughs> it is available. And it's fun. It's, I mean, you know, as I said, eight-year-old children come to the classes and they get it before the adults. So it's so simple and so fun. Mm. You just mentioned that you work with them over the phone too. Uh, does it require, besides uh, using the mind, the intellect to understand these things, do we also need to practice, use the body, get it involved Actually, you don't use the mind. As a matter of fact, what we say is when you're thinking, you're stinking. <laughs> you don't want to use your mind. The mind is only, we only need your thinking capacity for X amount of things. Because when you're thinking about something, basically, it's something that's occurred already. 
we're going in the new adventure is is simply to um yeah so for for you know for those people who want the fast track it's fun and it's playful and you're not going to do too much thinking you're going to start to get in touch with the muscle of knowing and awareness and that's what's going to um enlarge <laughs> it's going to get better and better and that's what becomes magical because you're you're living by your own knowing nobody else's okay when you're thinking and you're and you're thinking of whatever you learned and it wasn't yours to begin with this is like you just you being the realest greatest part of you that you so far in this up to this moment are willing to be yeah um i'm wondering how do we know that we know that's a knowing uh how do we know we are not creating or imagining or believing or thinking how can we distinguish these states of being no i get what you're saying i'm just trying to see what i'm going to say because see i do most of my living from the place of knowing and awareness and so i have to go back into the thinking part to, you know what i'm always want to say to tell you the truth I don't know because I think mm. that basically when you're there, you know, it's like saying asking somebody, you know, somebody is telling you, I don't know, I just fell in love or what is love? Okay, it's so funny. I remember when I was in college and I I was going out with a with a man and uh, I was sitting on my bed and my girlfriend was there and she said to me, "My god, you look like you're in such deep thought. What are you thinking?" And I said, "I'm trying to think of if i love him or not <laughs> <laughs> oh wow and it's just like that okay you can't think of whether you love someone it's like you do or you don't that's an energy and this is this was a great you know question that you gave me because this is it this is the difference between living from thinking and living from your knowing your awareness your being beings animal would an animal doesn't go to school it doesn't read books it doesn't have to memorize anything but it it does very well in the world and if you know so that's that's the old that's like the old paradigm we're going in a place where it's just awareness it's knowing we have it all like we are molecules of consciousness and it's all one we're just all connected to the universe and everything we require is there you simply have to have i don't know i don't know if it's trust i don't know exactly what it is but you just got to like be that and 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 just play around with it and once you do you don't go back mm yeah that's hard to go back right i guess if i were to put into words uh, whatever th what knowing is if i know what knowing is i would say it's being in a place where you just um you watch things have happen you're not well you know it's it's funny because as you were saying that i just had a visual in my head and it was like being in the middle of the sky and a star is floating by so if you said well what is a star and i'm going to try to explain it to you but you know what i really couldn't but all of a sudden here comes this star and it's floating by and i pick it up and i show it to you i put it in your hand do you need any words now now you know you know what a star is that's the closest i could sort of 
I could sort of get to, to what we're trying to communicate here yes, in words. Yeah, I, I like that, right. But I think another way that um, it might be easier going through feelings is that um, the sense of, of deep acceptance and understanding for life, unconditional love, what we call unconditional love, which I connect to acceptance, and just being in the place of peace. It's so peaceful that everything's happening, but nothing's really touching that place within you that it's, uh, it's not, it can't be changed anyway. It's just, it's there and has been there. The bottom line is we're trying to put words to something that doesn't need words because the words are the lower harmonic of everything because the words were made up by stupid human beings. <laughs> mm. Okay, but what you're saying, yes, I get it. And yes, that's the closest you can get to actually describing or using words. Yes, right. Which is the... Um... When you're in love or when you have a baby, I would say not for every single mother or parent, but I would say most of them, when that baby is put in your arms or that new puppy is put in your arms or that love is right there in front of you, you know, you don't need anything. You don't need a word in the world. You could be deaf, dumb and blind and you'll get it. That is so true. Maybe what we you are trying to do with your work and maybe what I do with my work of writing and, and talk to people about these things um, we are trying to communicate um, something that can be applied to the experience as a human being. As opposed to the experience. Right. So it can be integrated. It's everything. I don't know what is not, really. This energy that you talk about, the divine God, uh, the universe, everything is that. I don't think separation, that's when we start. Like you, you just mentioned uh, words, words are just um, a tool, and it is part of the human experience. So it is the body, the everything, everything that we even consider um, at low vibration, whatever anger, all the, the negative emotions, everything is part of life. It is life. It is. And so therefore, I think that basically we've gone through um, all of the things that everyone has to know in life, and we came up with the solution. And the solution is just be. <laughs> Just be and you'll get it all. <laughs> yeah. And then, Barbara, I think what you're trying to communicate, which I understand, that's what I'm trying to do with my own work, is just be everything just be in and just learn how to accept the being being everything the formless being the form i don't there's no separation really exactly and have no judgment which would mean now you're in consciousness which is what this is all about that's right. Yeah. Very rarely, I think, I get to use words like the F word. This consciousness here choose not to use it for some reason. Right. Well, because most people, I never used it until I got to the theme with my book and, and, and saw how the, you know, I mean, well, I shouldn't say I never used it. I mean, if I got whatever, but it, it, maybe not even my book. In Access Consciousness, actually, everyone uses the word. Because access consciousness is like very playful. I mean, as I said, you have kids, babies, dogs running around a, a, a you know a hotel room or whatever that has three hundred people and like fifteen translation booths. There's nothing out there that will have these numbers and fifteen translation booths going on for a class, and nothing out there will be as much fun. 
There, there's nothing, I mean, it's like people are laughing most of the time or crying, but still laughing. It's like going to another planet and the planet is called consciousness. And it's not for everyone because you got to be ready to really be willing to choose for you. And then every everything that you know becomes something else. So it's like all of a sudden the word fuck, which, you know, to some people, I mean, especially years ago, nobody would, would ever say it. It's become like, a, it's, it's literally in our culture, just a word now. I mean, every single person uses it in all different ways. It doesn't have a meaning. It just has the meaning of the energy behind it. And, and anyway, we can, we can stay there all day or let's just leave it. <laughs> just yeah. buy my book, whatever the fuck it takes. And you'll, <laughs> and you'll get it, right? <laughs> uh, true. Uh, I'm almost, um, this is almost at the end of the interview. I have a few more questions. Before that, you inspired me. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Tell me, tell me. <laughs> you said something about choice. Uh, yeah, you said choice is the greatest tool we have in the universe. And um, my thoughts just kind of, uh, for some reason, accepted that. But at the same time, like wanted to play with that idea of, of choice. So I wrote something here. The most magical and amazing choice I make every day allows me to be, to be present, to receive and fully be open to this very moment. It allows me to be free from thoughts and beliefs. And I must say that the reason these moments are profound, real, and divine is because they are choiceless. That's what I wrote. My question to you is, do you think that choiceless experiences, such as the ones I have every day, can also empower us with the understanding that we are life and that life makes all kinds of unexplainable choices for reasons that are unknown and illogical? So you're talking about I get what you're talking about, but when I'm saying choice, it's people don't really get at the level that could be, that could change the world. We create our lives by choosing because no one else is choosing for us, okay? You are the, I said this for 30-something years, we are the writers, the creators, the designers, the painters, the whatever, we're everything, every kind of technician and blah, blah, blah of our life. Whatever we're choosing, that energy of that choice, the universe just creates it. It's like saying you did a, a, a photo or you did something. You're just putting it through the copy machine and the copy machine is giving it to you. The universe will create, will, uh, will just, the universe doesn't say no to us. The universe only says yes to us. Because the universe is consciousness. So therefore, if you, you know, it's like saying, oh, if you said I'm going to kill myself, would the universe say yes to you? Yes, because there is no death. There's nothing that could possibly be in our language or in our world wrong enough that the universe would say no, because the universe, of course, is much smarter than we are. What's the worst that could happen? You get killed. What happens when you get killed? You start all over again. <laughs> Oh, if you believe that, right. <laughs> that That's a whole other thing. We're not going there now. Right, right. <laughs> but I mean, you know, for me, that's, that's what is. The point being, we all have choice. And everything that we do create is through our choice to create it. So, you know, when we're looking at choice, 
I would say to most people, one, please know that is true. Nothing happens in your world unless you're choosing it. Now, it might be at a level that you don't know you're choosing it, which would be really a great thing for you to get. That choice creates. That's what choice does. When you make a choice, when you get off the phone with the, your boyfriend or girlfriend or mother or father and you're angry, you make a, you say, I'm not going for Christmas because they're just going to blah, 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 blah. Okay. Well, you made that choice. The universe isn't going to take it away or give the universe could care less. Whatever that choice is now, if you start the wheels to what is going to come next. So clearly making the choice not to go to your parents' house for Christmas is going to create one thing and then, or say, you know what, they're my parents. We always go through this. I still love them, even though they're idiots, you know, whatever I'm going. Well, that again is a choice, but no one made it, but you. You could say, well, they made me so angry, so they made it. No, they didn't. You still have the choice to go because you're, you know, because they're your parents. You see what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. So basically, choice creates and nothing occurs in one's life unless they chose it. So if people really understood that they're choosing everything, everything, there's nothing that we're not choosing life would start to become a little different because they would start to pay more attention to what are they choosing and what can they choose after they choose that one thing that might not be working for them. Right. Yeah, I guess the choices. Yeah, when it comes to choices, what I I think is that they are very limited in the sense of we can choose um, to make good choice, bad choice, better choices. And that's all like based on programming beliefs and how, how much you know your experiences and all that. But then when it comes to living this amazing life, I think the opposite being the more you, you are in that place of not choosing, it's where the magic really happens. Because choices, they are limited by nature because they are connected to beliefs. And beliefs, are not, a lot of times, they are disconnected from reality. And also beliefs are connected to expectations. Then we believe something and then we make a choice based on that belief that life will be better. But then what about if it doesn't? And then we're disappointed. Yes, but I understand what you're saying. But choice is not a, I'm talking about a different choice than you're talking about. And I don't know how to explain it other than, other than all I can say is nothing will, would occur in anyone's life if they didn't make the, a choice. But I'm not talking about the choice of like someone says to you, oh, you want to go to the movies tonight? And you just say like, yes. It's not like that kind of choice. It's, it's like a I don't know, deeper or it's a different kind of choice, but I don't even know how to explain it. It's the choice that creates. Choice creates. And sometimes we make a choice based on a past that we don't even know we have, or we know we went through it, but we don't realize that the choice that I'm making to marry this person or to move to that state or whatever is not based on what's going on now. The choice is actually coming from the energy of what occurred whenever it occurred. And this has never come up and it's very interesting. In a way, we're talking about two different choices. One is like a little choice. The choice I'm talking about is the big choice. Like choice creates. Yeah, no, I understand. More choices they create all the time, even um, 
I mean, choosing to have this conversation, we are creating something. We are creating this um, an audio for an episode that will be out there. This is a file, audio file that people will listen to it. So I think everything. Um, it is life is creation. Life, like just being alive. Each moment we're creating and we are making choices. I'm just sort of trying to, from my experience, gotta go back to always what this knows to be true. What I feel is that my most amazing magical experience that they happen when I'm in that place right in the middle, like of not making any choices. Everything's happening. I'm not really part of anything, but it's just uh, wonderful to just be part of it all. But at the same time, being the one who watches, the one who uh, sits there, which stays there calmly and peacefully and just um, let it everything be, just be. I get what you're saying. I get that spiritual kind of understanding, but what I'm saying, for me, doesn't have to be for you, but in my world, whatever occurs after that, like you're saying, you're, you're just being in this space and you're waiting for whatever occurs. What I'm saying is that for me, the body of work that I facilitate and whatever, there is still something that creates the choice of what will occur next. Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What you're basically saying, it's like, it, you know, okay, the universe is whatever, but the, the universe is basically going by our choices, our choice. The, the, it's like saying, you know, someone could say, well, would, it, would the universe or would God kill a, a three-month-old baby? Okay. If you're looking at God through your brain and you're thinking, would you kill a three-year-old through whatever I said, three days, three months, whatever, um, or would any, quote, good person, or if you're religious, would any good, whatever, Catholic, is that, that, whatever. No, of course not. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about consciousness, the universe, consciousness, and therefore consciousness is no judgment. So therefore, killing or not killing, dying or being alive or being two feet high or 10 feet high or anything, it doesn't matter. It's all the same thing because any of those is just a judgment. So dying and living or being born is just a judgment if it's good or bad. It's all the same thing. It's just a choice. And this is what helps to set people free when you realize there is no right or wrong. There's no good or bad. Yeah. What is interesting, Bob, is that I don't know how you teach um, others to separate like their beliefs in programming because consciousness, uh, pure consciousness, is, uh, is choiceless. It's not really something that's giving meaning or interpreting life in any way. You have to use the mind, the intellect, or your programming, your beliefs to, to make choices. And, when, and I think it's impossible not to if, you have, if you're having a human experience. Well, you know what? We're both saying the same thing. The only thing that's getting in the way is the is a word or two, because I agree with what you're saying. But the only place that what I'm saying is I'm saying that nothing occurs without a choice, but the choice is not always cognitive. And for mm. most people, it's right. not cognitive. It's like saying if you're a child and I don't want to choose. Oh, what's the difference? Uh, I'm sure the people listening are conscious enough. So <laughs> if, let's take any nationality. Everyone in your mind who's listening, think of a nationality or a race or whatever. Okay, so if this nationality or race or this animal, whatever, comes up to you and does something that is so painful, 
emotionally, physically, both, whatever. Okay. Now that's within you already. There it is. And you might never want to go near a person who looks like that ever again. Now that is a choice, even if they don't even know what's going on. Because most people like that wouldn't even have a clue unless they went for therapy or they had a very you know, aware person or whatever. So when I say choice, I'm not talking about like the cognitive, like, okay, I'm thinking about something and I'm going to make a choice. I'm thinking from like a bigger level where choice is being created based on the energy the person is holding. They, if you said to them, well, you know what, you chose this. I mean, and you know, you're in the world you're in. I'm sure a lot of people have said that. If you said, well, you chose it. What do you mean? I chose this. Are you crazy? Because in the regular world, they don't get that. So what I'm saying is that kind of, that big choice is being made simply from the energy the person is holding. They wouldn't, most people would say, I didn't choose that. Are you crazy? That's the, the level of choice. But when you become more aware and more conscious, then it's like you have more ability, power, potency to get where your choice is coming from. So you could be a little bit more in the game rather than outside the game, but the game is playing. Do you understand what I'm saying, maybe? Now that makes sense. Yeah. Traumas, yeah, childhood traumas and how it held me back for many, many, many years. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But it, it's still, believe it or not, for some people, it's still uh, a choice whether you're going to keep the trauma or you're not going to keep the trauma. Now, a lot of people will tell you or the cancer or whatever. You know, it's like, um, you know, I think I mentioned my former partner, I don't, with the healing, um, the cancer could go away in hours. Well, how is that possible? Because they're actually choosing it and they have someone who could do what they do. Now, other people would, you know, there are people who would say, are you crazy? That's impossible. Yeah. Well, they once said that it was impossible to put a man on the moon too. But in the years to come, there, everything that we could think is impossible, we're going to see is not possible. I mean, that is everything we think is not possible, they'll see is possible. My point is the world is changing very quickly. The world is not what we were taught it was, okay, because we were basically taught the Truman Show version. And what's very exciting is that people could get, you know, can look forward to magic occurring in their lifetime. Yeah, absolutely love that idea, your work, your approach to uh, consciousness, to uh, going back. It's almost like a going back to, to who we are, really. Yes. And as I said, doing my, uh, what I've been doing for over 30, 40, whatever years it is, um, this is really the only body I have, body of work that I found that has all of this as a possibility. And not only a possibility, but like for a five-year-old playful child possibility. <laughs> mm, yeah, so that's a method that you trust. Yes, absolutely. Yes, and I've tried mostly everyone that's out there. And as I said, I was always searching for this one. And when I got there, I cried. I knew I was there. So, you know, everyone has to find that that for themselves if they're looking. I mean, you know, most people wouldn't even be looking for it. But for those of those people who will be hearing this, I'm sure they are looking somewhat. And um, yeah, you just got to ask, ask the universe, what would it take for me to find the tools or the whatever, whatever words you want to use that would allow me to be the greatest, most playful, joyful me that I could be in this lifetime. And if you're a healer or this is the work that you do, yeah. And, you know, so the same thing and be the contribution to changing the world. 
Yeah, I love that. You know, for people who are whatever, therapists, healers, whatever kind, if you know that you could find a tool that could take a person that you've been working for for 10 years, five years, three years, and have them, if they're choosing, you know, have it be gone in a week or two, I would be running. So again, it depends who's listening, who's doing what, who wants what. And you know what? There's no good or bad. It's just what it is. We're all going to get wherever we're going. I love where you are now. It's just there's acceptance too for what whatever is the way it is. You're not, there's no resistance, no rejecting, pushing away anything, just that. Yeah, that's what, that's exactly what consciousness is. It includes everything and it pushes away nothing because the bottom line is it's all the same. It's just energy. <laughs> it makes life so easy. That's all I could say. It's so true. Would you like to add anything before I begin asking you a few final questions? Uh, just don't take life so seriously. Just play, have fun, and become conscious. <laughs> hmm. Yes, yes, and yes, a thousand times. Um. Usually I ask about six to nine questions, but I will ask less because of time. This is one of yeah, the questions that I want to ask you now. Uh, what was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself? As of today, I will tell you that I'm living it right now. I was brought up as a Jewish princess for those people who know what that is. Basically, I had everything and very good looking and blah, 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 blah. I, as a child, I would get this energy. I didn't know what it was. It was like daggers, but I didn't, under, I didn't get it. I didn't know what it was. It just didn't feel great. Of course, years later, actually this year, <laughs> um, I discovered that, well, I mean, I knew people were always jealous of me, but this year I actually discovered that because of that, I, two years ago or three, whatever it was, I had, uh, my a relationship was over and, um, well, I'm not going to go through the whole story, but anyway, my financial, um, situation changed in a way that basically for the first time in my life, I was given the possibility of financially taking care of myself. And that was the beginning of a whole new world and possibility for me. And through it, which I, if I wasn't me and I wasn't choosing consciousness, I would say the last two years are the worst years of my life. And yet I actually know these last two years are probably, well, I can't say what's going to come, but two of the most amazing growth years of my life. Because the gifts that I have gotten and that I'm learning by going through this and when I say going through this, it's not looking for a result. When you're living like everyone else lives and how, you know, the lie that's perpetrated here, we are always looking for some result. And when you live that way, life is sort of, I don't know what the word is, small, shallow, narrow, whatever, what we- Limited. Yeah. Limited, yes, exactly. But when you're willing to look at everything without a result and just ask, what gift is this? Then the whole story, and that's all that it is, opens up and you see a totally different story than you're seeing when you're looking at what kind of result is this? I don't want this. And so that's consciousness. And so this is my last two years. And it is my next book is writing itself as I'm living each day. And it is amazing. It is a, an amazing gift. And if I had this years ago, I don't even know if I could have gotten through it. 
All I'm going to say to everyone is, if you just allow life to open up without judging it and without looking for the specific result, like, okay, well, this is not good. This is bad. But letting that go, having no judgment and just ask, what is the gift here? Your whole world will change and it'll actually end up being one of the greatest gifts of your life. What is another word for healing? Another word for healing. What comes to me is to be who we truly be, because the healing happens when we're not willing to be that. When we look for the result and when we live the lie of this reality, then things occur. Your energy drops, so illness occurs. Um, your energy drops, so relationships, whatever, break up, do this, do that, money goes, but it, it's all about the stories that we buy and then we judge. And then once you judge it, it's like you're lost. And when you choose the consciousness and not to judge, but to ask again, what's right about this I'm not getting, it, it blossoms. It's, it simply opens up to the next step that you were basically, that you have the, I'm not going to say meant, no, I don't get that. Um, it, it's just the next possibility. What's the next possibility in your life? Where can you grow to? What gift can you be and receive here? And when you live like that, which is consciousness, not only will your world change, but the more people we have being that, the whole planet will actually have the possibility of surviving more than the 12 years that it has right now. If you knew you would lose the body soon, uh, would you make any change? Would you do anything differently? No, not now. Not, not what I've just been learning. Do you believe in life after death? Absolutely. What kind of life? Molecule, that's it's physics. Molecules cannot be destroyed or created. They're there and they just keep moving on. And of course, everyone can choose whatever they want to believe because it's just a belief. <laughs> right, that's right. Um, what are three things about life you know for sure as of today, Barbara? It could be a party or it could be hell. And guess what? You're choosing it. So choose for you and not against you. That's one, or this is like uh, three in one? <laughs> three in one. It's a three like in that. one. Uh, it has been a meaningful conversation, fun. I love the way you talk, <laughs> the sound of your voice and the way you express yourself. It's fun. It's fun, fun. Where can we find more information about you, your work, your book, services, and future projects? Um, my website is the quickest, um, and it's Barbara, and I spell it like Streisand, but don't expect me to sing like her. <laughs> so B-A-R-B-R-A, Gilman, G as in girl, I-L-M-A-N, BarbaraGilman.com. And if you live in New York, I'm right here. If you live somewhere else, you could put groups of people together and I'll come. Or you could be with me on the phone. Everything is possible. Your choice. Mm, right. That's great. Thank you so much again, Barbara. And, and thank so. you. Let me thank <laughs> you for being you and allowing all of this kinds of all of these speakers to put out their two cents of whatever they're doing, which will match whoever matches that and change the world, my dear. So thank you for everyone. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Okay. Bye.
Thank you for listening. To learn more about Barbara Gilman, please visit her website, barbaragilman.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Bickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now.